Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. This is part three in our three-part series on the three main macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Along with frosted tips, fanny packs, neon, and high-waisted pants, the low-carb craze of the 90s is back. But why are people ditching carbs again? And what makes this macronutrient worse than the others? And on the other side of the aisle, we've got the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that still advocates that all people eat a diet high in carbohydrates, regardless of activity level. Should we really be eating this many carbs? You know, carbs are a lot like the early 90s TV show Twin Peaks. A lot of people are confused about them and aren't sure whether they're awesome or just plain terrible. In this episode, we'll give you the rundown of exactly what carbs are, what they do, where they fit into your diet, why different people need different amounts, and how to figure out how much is right for you. All right, we're back with Rebecca. This is part three now. We're going to get into carbohydrates. I figured we'd save the best for last, or the most (laughs) controversial for last, um, because you have a lot of things that you're going to say here today that are not popular things to say <laughs> when it comes to how carbohydrates are viewed right now. Because right. for some reason, every once in a while, we have to go through this phase where everyone thinks that carbohydrates are evil and that they're going to give you diabetes if you eat them and they'll make you fat if you eat them after 6 o'clock at night. Right. So we're going to get into that kind of stuff today. Uh, we'll get into the same that we did with the protein and the uh, fat podcast. We'll talk about the structure of them. Uh, we'll get into uh, why your body needs them, what it uses them for, get into how much you need depending on what you do, and then we'll wrap it up with how they kind of fit in the grand scheme of your entire diet. So, Rebecca, welcome. Yes, thank you. Again, thank you for joining us. Uh-huh. So let's get into the chem- the chemistry of carbohydrates. Let's talk about the structure of what is a carbohydrate. Okay. Um, so in the simplest form, it's a combination of carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen that are linked together. Um, that's what makes carbohydrates. Um, you have simple carbohydrates and then you have some more complex carbohydrates. The most simple of the carbohydrates is what's called a monosaccharide. So there's one molecule. Um, in that one you have um, glucose, galactose, and um, there's another one. Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue too. I'll get it in a second. Yeah, it's not as, it's not as common as the other ones. No. But yeah. Uh, fructose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Monosaccharides. Yes. Yes. So glucose, galactose, <laughs> and fructose <laughs> are the three monosaccharides. Yeah. So mo- most people see glucose in the form of, of extremely, extremely simple sugar. It's, it's part uh, is glucose right. and fructose are what make up um, table sugar. Yes. Fructose is what typically people think of fruit mm-hmm. um, is the main right. sugar source in fruit. And then uh, galactose is typically what you would see in milk. Yes, so yeah. you mix that with glucose and then you get the disaccharide of lactose. Lactose, got it. Yes. Okay, so then what are di- disaccharides? So the disaccharides are two sugar molecules that are put together. So you have your sucrose, which is the glucose and um, fructose. You have your lactose, which is the glucose and galactose. And then you have maltose, which is two glucose molecules. Molecules together, together. okay. Yep. Yeah. So... What about, so they we're talking about uh, uh, monosaccharides, disaccharides. Those are the, the sugars. Most people think yeah. of those when they're eating sugar. Right. Carbohydrates are more than sugar. Yes. Carbohydrates are anything that's not a fat or a protein, basically. <laughs> like, right. the, technically, this desk is probably a carbohydrate because it'd be nothing but fiber. Right. Fiber is carbohydrate. Yep. Yeah. So if it's – because just the structure of them, um, it's, it's – 
uh, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Yeah. And the structure of that is what makes up each of these molecules. It's just the molecules look different, but they are all broken down in the body, eventually ending up as glucose. Yes. And your body uses glucose to perform mechanical work, or to do everything in your body. You, it, glucose is a preferred right. fuel source. Um, you can do other things, and we talked about ketones before, yeah. but glucose is what your body likes to run on, what your brain likes to run on. And eventually, it doesn't matter if you eat a, a cube of sugar or a slice of whole wheat bread, eventually all carbohydrates become glucose. I think right. it's confusing for people because they think, well, if I avoid sugar, then I won't, uh, I won't gain any weight, or I, I can diet by just avoiding sugar. Right. And and typically that's that's true because if you're avoiding sugar, you're avoiding things that are easy to eat a lot of calories of. Like right. drinking soda, you can get way more calories drinking soda than you could broccoli. Soda and broccoli are both carbohydrates. They both right. end up as glucose. It's just you're going to get a lot more vitamins and fiber and water right. from the broccoli. Um, so yeah, so when we're talking about carbohydrates, just to get this out of the way. I'll, Anything that's not a fat or a protein is a carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Every, a lot of things contain carbohydrates. They all end up as glucose. It's just how the body breaks them down is going to depend on how long you stay full or what your right. blood sugar is like. So that's the, the difference here. But eventually, all carbs are basically the same Yes. at the lowest molecular level that they will ever be. Right. So when it comes to these different carbs, how are they a, a digested? Um, so, it, like with everything else, digestion starts with the mouth. Yep. You have your mechanical digestion there, but also unlike the proteins and the fats, there is also some chemical digestion that occurs in the mouth as well. You have your salivary amylase, which yep. starts to break down the carbohydrates, and then it goes down into the stomach where it's continued to be broken down, and then it moves into the small intestine where you have your pancreatic amylase, okay. which then breaks it down even more there, and then it's absorbed. On that. Gotcha. And and the the simpler the sugar, the easier it is to break down and put into the bloodstream. Yes. Yep. This is why when I'm really not hungry and need to eat my food, I typically spit on it first, <laughs> so I can start digesting it. <laughs> Wonder if it, would that work? Could I break down some of the starches if I spit on something before I ate it? Different questions, different day. I mean, I guess technically, <laughs> but I can't imagine it would do that much good. I mean, here spitting on my rice. I just can't fathom eating any more of it. Yeah, I think that's a, that, that's a, a, a strange one. And this is why, um, you know, we're, we're joking around about it, but this is why it's important to chew your food. Right. So a lot of people who drink smoothies have said that, well, when I drink smoothies, it makes me feel bloated. Well, a lot of it is because you're supposed to chew your food as part right. of the digestive process. So some people who have issues with smoothie, if you actually hold the smoothie in your mouth for longer or, or like actually pretend to chew yeah. a smoothie, it might not even be that thick, but you, people actually have a better time digesting blended foods like that right. because you're not just drinking it. So it's, yeah, it's part of that whole process mm -hmm. of digestion. Um, so that's digested and absorbed. So what happens to the carbohydrates once they've been absorbed? So if you're doing any kind of physical activity, the first thing your body's going to do is it's going to burn burn it. So carbohydrate is your preferred, preferred energy source. So if you need to burn ATP in order to have energy, then your body will use those carbs for energy. Um, then it will fill up your glycogen stores. So when um, plants store carbohydrate, it's stored as starch, and that's yeah. when you get your starchy vegetables. When we store carbohydrate, we store it as glycogen. So once you have your glycogen, or the carbohydrate is absorbed, then if your body needs to restore it, stores the glycogen, it'll do that there. Yeah. And then if once all of that is done, then the rest of it will be stored as fat. Yeah. And there's glycogen can be stored in two spots. The liver and the muscle. Yep, yep. So, I mean, we can't put grams on it because people have asked me, well, how many grams of sugar can I store? So, well, it's different. <laughs> right. It depends on how much muscle mass you have. So, if you have more muscle mass, you can store more glycogen. 
um, which is why we really encourage people who have blood sugar issues to do strength training and to mm -hmm. work on building muscles because muscles are so important in managing your blood sugar. Right. And the muscle as an organ does a lot more than just move bones. Yes. Um, there's a lot of important things about it. Um, and plus exercise will help burn off the excess sugar that's floating around your bloodstream anyway. That's just right. another piece of it. But when it comes to storage, um, we can't put a number on how much you store, but no. you can store a lot mm -hmm. in your, so between all of your muscles and what you can store there, everything that you store inside your liver is glycogen. You can store a heck of a lot of carbohydrates in those two spots before you start storing it as fat. Right. Again, the same way with storing fat and storing protein, the only way you're going to store carbohydrates as, fa as fat is if what has to happen. You have to be in a, a caloric, um, excess calories so you're taking in more calories than you're going to be burning. Yeah. So even if you are on a diet of nothing but carbohydrates, mm -hmm. which would not be it would no, not, be ideal, not be ideal. But let's just say hypothetically you were, but you were only eating 1200 calories and you were a person who required 2000 a day, would you lose weight? Yes. Yeah. So it's not ideal for health, obviously, <laughs> but when you look at starvation situations where people are outside Typically, when you're out trying to survive and you're foraging, you're going to be eating carbohydrates unless you catch something and kill it and eat it. <laughs> right. And then you're going to be eating protein and fat. But just pure, just scavenging. Uh, like I think if I was stuck out in the woods, I would probably find find berries or something right. that are not poisonous <laughs> that I could eat, or apples or on trees or things like that. Yeah. You'd be eating nothing but carbohydrates, and you would lose weight. Right. So I think the the thing that people say about carbohydrates is, well, if you eat too many of them, your body doesn't use them and it stores them as fat. That's true if your total calories are over. Right. But if your total calories are under, you could be on an all-carb diet. It's just right. it's not ideal for your health exactly. at all. Um, but it's not something that people are just so afraid of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. um, they really shouldn't be. It's right. just they need to be monitoring their total caloric intake. So when they're stored as fat, uh, and we we talked about fat and how it's converted back into energy. Right. Um, it doesn't matter whether a carb is uh, or, or whether stored fat is as a result of carbohydrates or excess protein or excess fat, it all can be converted back into glucose right. as needed. Yes. So that's the other thing that, that, that once, you can, once you store this fat, you can convert it back into usable energy. So let's say you do eat your diet's way too high in calories, you do end up gaining body fat as a result of eating too many carbohydrates or fat or whatever. Uh, you can use that, you can get that back. So it's right. not that... Um, it's not that it's any different once it's in your body stored as fat. It's no. fat is fat once it's in your body. It can be converted back into it. Right. So that's how it's, it's very similar to other things like that. Um, next thing is, are there essential carbohydrates? There, we have essential fatty acids and we have essential amino acids. Mm -hmm. what are the, what, is there an essential carb? No, there's none. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, it all turns to glucose eventually. So, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's something that your body likes to run on. It's the preferred yes. fuel source your brain likes to run on glucose, which yes. is why when people first switch to like keto where you're eating no carbs, they have, you know, foggy brain and, and it takes a lot, it takes a while for the body to get used to making that switch. Yes. Eventually it goes away. Um, and you see some people uh, still in the world, certain societies that exist off of mostly protein and fat, like, mm -hmm. the, like the Inuit who would eat nothing but seals and, uh, and seal blubber <laughs> and, and fish and stuff like that. They're not getting right. many carbohydrates. It's not an ideal diet. Um, they typically they die of other diseases and things like that before they would have issues with eventually you know kidney issues from from getting that diet. But um, you don't have to have carbohydrates. No. So that's that's I don't have to have them, but they're the preferred fuel source and they're a high octane fuel. They're a, a cleaner burn mm -hmm. when it comes to the process that it takes to burn a carb versus fat versus protein. 
Now, can you explain just really quick if your body is going to try to burn carbs or burn fat, how is it going to be different in the two of those in the processes that it has to break them down as usable energy? Um, The carbohydrate process is much faster. Um, You don't have to have oxygen available in order to burn a carbohydrate. Um, You can have oxygen available. So if you, well, shortly, if you don't have oxygen and you're going to go through glycolysis, which is just going to give you two ATP. Um, if you have oxygen available, you'll go through glycolysis, but then you'll also go into the Krebs cycle, which is going to give you a whole bunch more yes. ATP out of your molecule of um, molecule of glucose. Yeah. Um, with fat, you have to have oxygen available, or it cannot break it yes. break down. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get a large amount of ATP out of that fat as well, yeah. more this, so than you would the carbohydrate process. So, so this is what last time we were talking about the fat burning zone yeah. in the in the fat episode. So this is why the majority of anything you do in the gym, you're going to be burning carbohydrates as the fuel source because right. you're not uh, you're doing things without oxygen. You're doing things anaerobically. So mm-hmm. lifting weights is anaerobic. It's not long enough that your body is requiring oxygen to perform right. that mechanical work. Um, sprinting, uh, even like like hit classes, the high intensity mm-hmm. interval classes going up and down in, in intensities, you're going to be burning carbohydrates as a fuel source. But like we said before, if you've burned off all of those sugar stores, your body needs to replenish those stores after your workout. Right. It's going to take that from your body fat and replenish yeah. those stores. So we took body fat and turned it back into glucose or glycogen, and that's how you lose body fat. Right. People always ask, well, where does the fat go when I lose weight? Yeah. Well, it gets converted into mm-hmm. glucose and right. gets burned off as fuel, and then and the water is a byproduct of anaerobic, yes. or sorry, aerobic metabolism. Right. So. You breathe some out, and then you right. pee some out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's where it goes. Yeah. Um, so we talked about how they're they're burned. Uh, you know how your body uses these carbs. Um, we talked. Be- you mentioned before we said uh, monosaccharides, disaccharides, mm-hmm. and starches. But let's break it down. People hear the words a lot: uh, sugar, uh, starch, mm-hmm. and fiber. Yeah. So how are those different carbohydrates? Okay. So sugar in the most simple terms is those either mono or disaccharides. Usually that's the generic term for those um, two different types of uh, carbohydrates. The um, starch is what's called a polysaccharide, which is a whole bunch of carbohydrate molecules stuck together. And that, like I said, is how the plants store their energy. So potatoes have a lot of starch in them because they have a lot of stored energy but pretty much any vegetable has some sort of starch in it yeah um, St- stored energy meaning calories calories yeah yes. energy is our calories yep yeah. keep going um then like i said with our body we store the carbohydrate is um glycogen and that's yeah. our storage the fiber is what cellulose so that's like the um the the wall around the different plants so if you think of like celery and the uh, hard um, cell wall that that has and the crunchiness. So that is a carbohydrate, but unlike all the other ones, your body cannot break it down. So it does not get digested. It just kind of goes goes through our system. Yeah, but it's important to have that. It's very important. Yeah, so that kind of acts as, I mean, as gross as it sounds, I, I... my nutrition professor always described it as a scrub brush. Yes. Like a Brillo pad for, uh-huh. for your intestines. So you have to have, so that's, there's two types of fiber. There's insoluble fiber and soluble fiber. Right. Insoluble means it's not absorbed by the body. Just like you said, with cellulose, it passes right. through like a uh, inulin as a fiber, a plant mm-hmm. fiber that's used in a lot of like protein bars to give them right. high fiber, um, chicory root fiber, all of those, your body can't do anything with it. It'd be like if you ate tree bark. Right. Like you're not going to get that's the energy out of it. That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hickory uh, root is basically uh, uh, tree bark. 
So those things go through your system. They bind everything in your intestines, the, the waste products, and help pull everything through. So mm-hmm. it's important to have a diet that has enough of that. You don't need to go crazy with it, because you, it, and it does require some water, too, yes. to help you move things. So if you're right. eating a high-fiber diet, just make sure you're drinking enough water with it. But soluble fiber, why is soluble fiber important? What is it and what does it do? Um, your body can digest it to a certain extent. It's not digested nearly as well as other carbohydrates, um, but it slows the digestion process. Um, so when you're thinking about your blood sugar spiking, when you have soluble fiber in there, that slows that process down. Um, so you're not having your blood sugar spike so much. And then it, the parts of it that aren't digested again, help move everything through your system. And it also plays a role in, in keeping your cholesterol levels healthy. Right. It can, it does, the fiber can kind of almost be like a scrub brush for your arteries, yes. kind of binds Bind. to that free-floating uh, uh, fatty acids, or it then pulls it out uh, that right. way. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we've got sugar, starch, fiber. How do these, and then this is the magic word everyone's afraid of now, with insulin. Yes. How are these going to affect insulin, each one of these things here? Yeah. So insulin is a hormone that controls the amount of glucose that is in your blood. So when your blood glucose spikes or it starts to get higher, your body will secrete insulin, and that insulin tells your cells that, okay, there's, there's glucose here. You need to suck it up. Okay. So you need to take it in. You need to use it. Um, Which is good. Right, that is good. That's the only way that the glucose gets from the blood to your cells to then be able to be used for energy. Yeah, so insulin is not a bad thing. No. (laughs) It only becomes bad when we as Americans or anybody, but the typical American diet, which is so high in carbohydrate, that your body is continually and continually releasing insulin because our blood sugar is just so spiked so often that our cells get to the point where they can't take in any more glucose. they're full, they've got as much glycogen stores as they possibly possibly can take, and so they start ignoring the insulin yeah. because they can't use any more glucose. So then when you actually need to take in more glucose, your cells, they, you know... Say no, you've they say, no, you yeah, overfed They're not me. insulin resistant is the right. word. That, yeah. Exactly. And even if you actually get to the point where you do need more glucose to be sucked in, they just they don't listen to the insulin yeah. anymore. So now we have glucose just floating around in the bloodstream, right. but your cells can't do anything with it. Right. So which is why people with with type two diabetes, which this is what type two diabetes is, is right. insulin resistance. Type one diabetes is your body doesn't produce insulin so, correctly right. or not enough. Um, so whenever this happens, this is why somebody with diabetes can be lethargic. And, and tired and, and, and not right. feel like working out, even though their blood sugar is super high, they have a ton of fuel, right. they can't do anything with it. Right, they can't. Take it's it like in. me sitting at a gas station looking at a pump, but I can't figure out what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so what happens then if somebody becomes insulin resistant now, their body doesn't listen, right. what do they have to do in order to make their body take in that sugar into their cells? So, well, usually um, weight loss helps a lot, even a very, very small amount. You should, I think they say like 10%, if you can lose 10% of your weight, they see a drastic increase in your sensitivity, sensitivity insulin. to wow. insulin. Um, so that's a big thing. If you're just controlling your the amount of carbohydrates you're taking in, so mm-hmm. you're not causing those huge spikes in your blood glucose, yeah. your body will eventually get used to the insulin again, but it okay. does take a lot of time. Um, some people do have to take insulin um, medications or supplements in order to just mm-hmm. have more of it and more potent amounts so your cells eventually do listen to it. Okay. Um, but 
I mean, I was, I was almost type 2 diabetic, and I was able to not go on insulin just because of losing the weight and kind of changing up my diet and eating yeah. more fiber and decreasing the amount of simple sugars I was doing and those kinds of things. So it okay. takes time, yes. um, but it can be done. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so we're going through insulin and blood sugar. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we're going to get into the requirements when it comes to carbohydrates. All right, so factors re- that affect someone's carb requirements. Uh, let's talk first about dieting. Yeah. If someone is on a diet, they're trying to lose a little bit of weight, uh, they definitely need to go low carb, probably, right? Yeah. They need to. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> yes. They need to moderate their carbs. Yeah. Um, but you, like we said, carbs are the desired fuel source yes. of the body. So. W- Typically, when somebody's dieting, they're also trying to increase their exercise. Yeah. So you need to have those carbohydrate stores there in order to be able to perform in your workouts. Yeah. And the brain wants to have glucose in order to function. So unless you want to be gro- groggy and grumpy and brain fog, yeah. you need to have some carbohydrates in your diet for yeah. that as well. So you're, we're watching total calories in mm-hmm. order to lose weight. I think the trouble that people fall into um, when they when they start doing keto and they they see how much weight they're losing. When you cut out an entire food group, it really limits how much you can eat. And you can only eat so many things that are just fat and protein. So that's how people end up losing weight on low carb diets. Uh, The problem is you're missing out on the fiber that we talked about before. You're missing out on the bulk of your diet. So Mm -hmm. think about how much a salad, a large salad would fill you up or eating two cups of steamed broccoli, which is just a lot of food volume. Right. Not to mention the vitamins and in the minerals and the phytochemicals and things like that that you get right. with carbohydrates because carbohydrates are fruits and vegetables. Yes. We're not just talking about bread and sugar and things like that. So when I when I'm uh so I'm watching somebody hang upside down from the wing, the rings swinging side to side and they look like a bat in the window and it freaked me out. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, so I got really distracted. Uh, so, so when you're dieting, I try to tell people, uh, watch your carbs but watch what the type of carbs that you're eating are. So maybe don't eat uh, all of your carbohydrates from uh, bread and uh, fruit juice and sugary drinks and things like that. Right. You need to get more of your carbohydrates from uh, high fiber vegetables and fruits and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Yep. That's a great way to limit the amount of carbohydrates you are getting. Because if I'm drink a soda, or if I were to eat as much broccoli as it would take me to get the carbohydrates of drinking yeah. a soda, I would be so full I couldn't possibly do it. So there are eight grams of carbohydrates in a cup of broccoli. There's usually close to 50 in a can of soda. Right. So you're talking you know, five five cups <laughs> of broccoli, broccoli for one can of soda. soda. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's absurd that somebody would not eat five cups of broccoli. Right. So the thing about high fiber carbs is they're, they're self-limiting. You can mm-hmm. only eat so many of them. Right. So people need to switch their view of carbohydrates to how can I get the most vitamins, fiber, and minerals from my carbohydrate choices when I'm dieting. Right. So make, make your carbs count. That being said, there's nothing wrong with enjoying some not so great carbohydrates <laughs> right. while you're dieting. Yes. So how would you like you personally? You like ice cream. I love. Ice I like cream. donuts. Both of us have have cut weight before while still right. eating those things. So mm-hmm. how do you personally factor yours in? Um, I l- set myself with a limit. Usually it's once a week for okay. the ice cream, and then I, when I'm going through my macros, I just look. Okay, okay. I need to. Well, with ice cream, I need to leave a little fat too. Yeah. So leave a little yeah. extra fat. Leave an extra carbohydrates throughout the day, so that by the end of the week, I have this amount saved up that equals my 
ice cream. Gotcha. And then so, it fits. so you don't do it. In, so for me, I would do it that day. So if I wanted a donut, oh. I would look at my fat and my carbs and take it out of that day. But yours actually sounds way easier because for mine, I was having to cut out like like half of my bowl of oatmeal in oh, order to have right. one small donut. And so, of course, we said before, when you're dieting, you want bulk in your diet. Mm -hmm. Oatmeal versus a donut. One of those is going to fill you up and one isn't. Right. So for me, it was I just dealt with being a little hungrier. Right. But and I hate being hungry. Yeah. Okay. And I'm so I think, no, hungry. yours is awesome. I didn't, I actually, I didn't realize that you did that. So you yeah. look at your calories over the course of a whole week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So which is, I mean, people need to be consistent. We've talked right. about consistency before. If you're consistent, it's much easier to look at your calories right. in a weekly view. Right. As I do the same thing with my body weight. Is if, you look, if you weigh yourself every day, yeah. you can get discouraged. If you only weigh yourself once a week, well, it might be a bad day or a good day. Right. So if you do a weekly average, it makes it better. So right. it makes sense with the weekly average and the calories. Yeah. So yeah, so you're really only backing off. So if you wanted... Ice cream, which is probably what is the, you like good ice cream. I like so you're good looking ice like cream. you're looking like ten grams of fat. Yeah. And then what? Thirty. Thirty-ish carbs. Okay. Yeah. So you're cutting out five grams of carbs, carbs a day, day and mm -hmm. a gram and a half of fat. Ten. Yep. That's easy. That Jeez. is easy. <laughs> the heck did I think about that? These times I ate a donut to skip my oatmeal. No, that's really <laughs> smart. I, just, I'm, I'm, I yeah, can't believe I didn't think about that. <laughs> okay, so let's switch to the opposite end then. So we talked about yeah. carbs while dieting. Mm -hmm. What about carbohydrates while building muscle? Why are carbohydrates important when you're trying to gain muscle, muscle. mass? Um, again, it goes back to the exercise. I mean, when you're gaining muscle, you need to have time under tension, so you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, so you need to have those carbohydrate stores available for your muscles to be able to perform for that. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, I, when I'm bulking, I tend to focus more on the protein and fat and then okay. just fill up the rest of my calories with the carbohydrate because yeah. they are very important, but you also need to make sure that you have enough protein in your diet in order to, to build, build the muscle, muscle that you want. And the fat to control the hormone Moves. production. Yeah. Right. For me, um, the, the carbohydrates are... I have a hard time getting them in when I'm bulking, <laughs> uh -huh. um, and so I have I typically go a little bit simpler on my carbs when I'm trying to gain weight. So I'll mm -hmm. eat things like my bowls of cereal after my workouts, right. or or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, things like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, my carbohydrates change a little bit. I still make sure I get all my vitamins in, but um, I have always gained the most muscle when I'm eating the most carbohydrates. I'm going higher fat. Mm -hmm. I still typically go a little higher fat, but carbohydrates just push that that uh, that number up so much more because of them being stored as glycogen mm -hmm. you can all of your workouts you will be fueled by uh, glucose mm -hmm. all of your if you're lifting weights that's glucose is providing that fuel right. so if you're using up all that glucose after the workout your body needs to get glucose from somewhere it can either take it from storage or you can put more in it and then it doesn't have to take anything stored right the idea behind gaining muscle is you don't want to have to take from anything stored right body fat or or blood sugar right. which is why People don't like it, but you typically gain a little bit of body fat when you gain muscle. Exactly. But it's not terrible. Like, no. It might be a little bit. You can always diet down back after right. it. But carbs are super important with replenishing those stores post-workout also because they increase your insulin. Exactly. And your insulin is required for you to actually do something with the protein. Right. Because insulin, we talk about insulin being the, the, the carrier hormone for the glucose. It's also right. a carrier hormone for amino acids. Yeah, it's an anabolic hormone. Okay. It tells your cells to suck up whatever's in the blood, yeah. essentially. So if there is protein in my blood from either my workout, my meal before my workout, mm -hmm. or if you do a protein shake or something like that, there's protein somewhere in your bloodstream. The insulin is telling your, your muscle cells, take this protein and put it in a cell. When you put it in a cell, the cell becomes larger. Right. 
and the fiber becomes larger, and then your muscle belly becomes larger, and then your muscles get bigger. Like that's right. how it that's how it works. So yeah. insulin is super important in that way. Carbohydrates are super important when it comes to bulking. Um, would you say carbohydrates are more important when bulking or dieting? I would say they're more important when you're bulking. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I, say. I, I mean, and they I, are important when dieting, but I think it's more important when you're bulking. Yeah, and so between so we jumping back to the protein, do you think protein is more important when you're trying to build muscle or when you're dieting? When you're dieting. Yeah, and we we yeah. mentioned that actually. I think mm-hmm. we did back in the protein episode because right. when you're bulking, uh, the carbohydrates if they're doing their job, your body's not gonna be using protein ever as a fuel source. Right. So you don't need as much of it when you're trying to cut a little bit of weight. If you're in a caloric deficit, sometimes your body will use protein as a fuel source. So you want to limit that by giving yourself more protein in your diet. So that's kind of how carbs, I think about carbs and protein kind of flip-flopping a little bit with each other percentage-wise when it comes to bulking and cutting. Mm -hmm. Still though, um, as we transition down to recommendations for how much you should eat, carbs are still the largest percentage of your calories, right? Yep. yep. What's your percentage at right now? Uh, Right now I'm at right like right at 40 is like 42 40. Okay. or something. So te- yours, are, yours are on the lower end then. Yes, yeah. and I need to keep mine at the lower end um, just with the way my body works and I t- was insulin resistant and I still tend to be. So yeah. keeping it at the lower end is where I perform the best. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll get into the family history in a second too. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, so for me, I do better with keeping mine like around 50 or just over. Now the recommendation, the AMDR for – Per carbohydrate percentage of your diet is 40 Four, to 60? Yeah, 40 yeah. to 60. So who needs 60%? Very few people. <laughs> um, this is where we kind of disagree with the – well, we disagree with a lot of recommendations. Yes, I do. But with this but, one, uh, yes, yeah, 60% – I mean, if someone's an athlete, right, I some, can see them taking in 60%. Yeah, especially a sprinter or somebody that's doing really short anaerobic bo- anaerobic bursts, I can understand. Okay, yeah. Um, but – yeah, 60 is pretty high. Yeah. I, for the average person, if you – I mean, I, I don't prefer to go off of um, – uh, let's take a quick break here. I think somebody needs to come in here. All right, sorry about that. Somebody was lurking. Talk about why we don't like lurking. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're talking about percentages of your diet. Uh, I've, I've told people before when you're first starting out – um, and we'll talk about how we like to break down calories um, now, but in the past, I told people if you do 50% of your calories from carbohydrates, 25% fat, 25% protein, that's an okay place to start. Like if right. you're just barely starting out, and then you can dial things up and down that mm-hmm. way. But right. we figured it out that we've gotten it down a little more scientific over the past like 10 years I've been doing this. <laughs> yeah. That now I prefer to people have people figure out their protein first. And we talked about this in the protein episode. Yeah. You know, we have a, an equation that we use of, of you know, uh, Point uh, eight times your body weight. They said that's, that's the number that we use. Right. That gives us protein grams. We multiply that times four. That gives us protein calories. What do we do with fat? Explain that, that one. Um, when you do either one to two grams per pound of body weight, if you tend or per kilogram, kilogram. Yeah, yeah, kilogram, not pound. That would be yeah, a lot. I'd be pounding co- <laughs> coconut oil back here. <laughs> yes. So one to two grams per kilogram, kilogram. which ends up being weight. like a half a gram per pound. pound. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we multiply that number times. Times nine. And that gives us the calories, calories from fat. fat. So we add calories yeah. from fat to calories from protein. And somebody was trying to figure this out along with the podcast <laughs> the other week, and they said that we were doing it too fast. Um, 
come talk to us, or you can actually kind of hire Rebecca to do it all for you because it is a lot of math. Right. Um, but this is a science. Yes. Uh, so it's so we take the calories from protein, we take the calories from fat, we add those two things together. That's one number. The number that we need to figure out before this is your total daily energy expenditure. And this is the first time we brought this up in these three podcasts. The total daily energy expenditure is a factor of what your weight is, mm-hmm. what your body fat is, what type of lifestyle factors factor into this. Um, your, you know, and well, it's called the activity factor, but yeah. it basically takes into account how many times you work out, how vigorously you work out, and then also what your everyday activities are. What your job is, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we figure out what your calories are using this activity factor and all of those other um, anthropometric measurements that we talked about. So we have your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, the amount of calories you need to exist. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Uh, in a five to ten percent deficit to lose weight, weight, we can keep it the same to maintain, or we can go five to ten percent above to gain muscle. Right. So we figure that out, and then we take those calories that we got from protein and the calories from fat, right. and we subtract that number from the total daily energy expenditure. And this number left over, what do we do with that? That's your carbs. So that's the amount of calories that you can take from carbs, and then you get four calories per gram of carbs. So you divide that number by four, and then that that's tells you grams. how many grams you're supposed yeah. to get. All right. And trust me, Rebecca and I are not math wizards. <laughs> no. We just do this a lot, and we, this is the only math we can do. We're, <laughs> Pretty much. We're useless outside of this. Except for barbell. I can look at a bar from across the room and tell you what's on it. I'm getting better. You're getting better? Okay. Yes. Let's not ask Delaney to do it, because she'll try to figure it out in kilos. <laughs> so with this, this is how I can show people how the more active you are, the more carbs you get, because right. carbs are fuel for activity. So if I'm on a diet of, of 2,000 calories... And let's say 500 of that is coming from, uh, or sorry, 500 is coming from protein, 500 mm-hmm. is coming from fat, right. then I have 1,000 calories left over. And this is an arbitrary number, right. so that would be ridiculous. But um, actually, no, it really wouldn't be. It wouldn't be too terrible. No, that would be your yeah. 25, 25, 25, 50. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah. say I did 1,000 calories between protein and fat, and then 1,000 calories coming from carbs, that means I get 250 grams of carbohydrates right. as my day. But if I want to gain weight and now I'm eating, 3,000 calories, and I that carb number is going to be up so much higher, right. which is why you get more carbs when you're bulking. You typically eat less carbohydrates when you're dieting, but that does not mean you're on a low-carb diet. Right, exactly. Yeah. And some people, so you don't do better, you don't do great with super high fat, right? No, I, I've been best at like the um, thir- yeah, 30, 30, 40-ish. Gotcha, okay, so, so um, t- probably high, you're definitely a higher protein percentage yes. than me. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. we're not too far off in our protein grams right no, now. No. Because you're at, like, how, what are your grams of protein right now? Uh, it's like, is it like close to 170? Yes, it is. I took it down a little bit. I think it's like 168, 170, somewhere Okay, there. and mine, mine's at like 195. Mm-hmm. So even though like and different I'm taking different in bodies, 22, you're taking in 2,200 calories, calories, and I'm taking in th- almost 36. Right. So by percentage, and my carbohydrates are close to 400 grams a day, and yours are at what, two-something? Yeah, two-something. Yeah. yeah. And and then fat-wise, I'm up uh, around, uh, cl- getting close to 95, and you're at what? Mine's 78 Okay, so you're something. Even, yeah. Yes. So, so our percentages are very, very different. Right. So this is where we can start talking about personal biology, lifestyle, and mm-hmm. diet. So we've yeah. talked about, we figure out your TDEE, we figure out your protein, your fat, and your carbs. Right. But that's not set in stone. No. Things can change in there. The mm-hmm. ranges that we get for protein, the ranges that we get for fat can be adjusted on personal personal biology. Right. The only way to know that is by trying it, though. Yes. So when people look at these numbers, like, well, I don't know which one to do. So, well, let's try this range, and then if nothing changes, we'll, we'll change things up. Right. But you have to try it. So yes. you and I both know how we best lose weight and how right. we best gain weight, but that's taken us, you know, 
couple years of gaining and losing <laughs> weight, weight exactly. you know, a little bit here and there. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned before your personal history. That definitely yes. plays a role in your carbohydrates because of the way that you process sugar right. typically. Yeah, it p- plays a huge role. I can tell um, – well, I especially working out, my blood sugar has a tendency to drop faster, so I need to make Heck sure yeah, I does. get <laughs> – I need to make sure I get some good carbs, good quick – quick carbs right before I work out and that helps me stabilize. Um, but then if I'm eating a high carb diet, I, I don't process them nearly gotcha. as well or nearly now, as efficiently. Will mentions, you mentioned quick carbs right before your workout, yeah. but you have had complex carbs in your lunch before right. that. Yes. Cause you wouldn't want to just run on quick carbs in no. the workout. No. You, you almost need to like, like, uh, I remember my grandfather's truck had two gas tanks. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> flip a switch and flip the one. You almost need two gas tanks. Cause the way that you process sugar or, right. or don't process sugar, is you need that that sustained energy plus the quick energy. Yep, and that's what I do. I'll have rice, brown rice at lunch, which yeah. is about two two and a half hours before I work out. Okay, and that's kind of my slower carb. And then r- immediately before I work out, I'll have a piece of fruit, whether that be an orange or a pear or something. And yeah. that's kind of like doesn't my matter. You'll burst. throw it up in a bit anyway. <laughs> Some days, yes. <laughs> so for me, I don't do great with simple carbs right before the workout. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to go just up and then crash real quick. Yeah. So I do better with a lot of complex carbs, rice, a lot of rice. You know, an hour and a half before my workout. I do great with simple carbs right after my workout to spike my blood sugar back up and it gets me right back into training my clients. You do kind of, yours aren't super simple in your post-workout. You're no, doing fruit. I have fruit and milk. Yeah. So it's simple-ish. Simple-ish. Yeah. Not but, as simple as right before. But. No. Not as back when we were doing Pop-Tarts post-workout. <laughs> no. That was more fun. That was more fun. <laughs> we got, we bulked. We did bulk. We definitely bulked. I can say that's what we call in the, in the industry a squishy bonk. Yes. <laughs> I think our total calories were just way too high back when we did that one. Yeah. But it was one of those things that we had to do to figure out what we do better with. Right. And exactly. it's, I think both of us do better with moderate, and I think most people should do this, moderate increases in calories if you're trying to gain weight, mm-hmm. moderate decreases in calories if you're trying to lose weight, so then you don't lose your performance in the gym. That's the one thing I wanted to, to end with when it talks about carbohydrates is, uh, as we're talking about timing and everything with, with fueling, Higher performance in the gym most of the time leads to better health. There are exceptions of, of and the healthy athletes, but typically right. if somebody can run a six minute mile, their six to eight minute mile, <laughs> so, that they're probably gonna if that same person can also uh, bench press close to their body weight or like 66% of their body weight for, for females um, and they can do a quarter mile of walking lunges we have that mixture of endurance cardiovascular capacity and strength right. that person most likely they're, they're going to have good blood pressure they're going to have good blood markers mm-hmm. if you're able to do a variety of functional movements uh, at different intensities most likely that performance is going to equal is going to carry over into your health right if you're chasing performance you're going to do things that will also make you healthy at the same time exactly. and i think that's why I, I like the way that we train is because it's not just about we don't sit here and check our blood pressure all the time no. but we have good blood pressure right and we don't have to sit and obsess about our body fat but we watch our diets so that we eat to fuel our workouts exactly. but also our bodies end up looking a certain way as a result right. of the way that we train so I think when people see carbohydrates, they need to start seeing them as this is your fuel for your workout. Right. And if you're working out well enough and your calories are in the right range, you'll you'll look the way that your body wants to look. Right. Yeah, I was reading an article a few, I don't know, a week or so ago that was talking about how instead of thinking of our workouts as 
a way of burning energy to earn our food. Yeah. We need to think of our food as fuel for our workouts and kind of flip-flop flip the, per, the perception that we have. And then you have a more positive relationship with both your food and your exercise because you're not thinking of exercise as punishment in order to eat foods that you want. You're thinking of exercise is the the goal or the fun thing and you're eating your food in order to fuel your exercise yeah, and to, yeah. to have more fun. That's awesome. If I say anything else, it's going to sound dumber than that. That was awesome. <laughs> Good job, Rebecca. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. If you have a second, you could leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now. That would be awesome. And be sure to share this episode with your friends too. Head over to straightshottraining.com for details on our functional fitness training program. And be sure to follow us on social media using the handle at straightshottraining. Thanks again and have a great week, everybody. 